Hi, everyone, and welcome to How the Light Gets In, where we seek to have conversations that crack through the dark. I'm Haven, and I'm really happy you're here. My guests today, very excited, looked up to them online for a very long time. They're so cool. It's um, Amanda Jete Knox, and just such a badass honestly um so yeah, thank you for being here and talking to me oh thanks so much for having me I'm really happy to be here yeah so I guess always start out with how are you how are you doing how is life I know that you just moved um and so how's that well, I, yeah, we just moved uh, just a little over two weeks ago from Ottawa to Toronto and uh, we're getting settled in. My office is still in disarray. Realized today I, I found my mic, but don't have anything to hook my mic up to the computer with. I don't have my big monitor. Um, I have nothing on the walls yet. I'm surrounded by boxes. So life is a little chaotic. But good. Life is good. Change is good. Doing something new and exciting when you've lived in one place your entire life is good. So yeah, I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm doing good. Um, Again, super excited to be able to have this conversation today, which is highlight of everything, honestly. Yeah, just, you know, going along. And it's weird that the month is over pretty much and it's like I mean what is time anyway at this point but it's like what <laughs> is what is going on yeah I hear you it is I, I don't I don't know how January went by so fast it's like it's just it, it was here and then it was gone but I'm also happy about it because it means we're one step closer to spring which I could really use right now um, we moved to Toronto in this sort of weird time where it, it got 28 days uh straight of cloudy weather like not seeing the sun for 28 days is not something that I'm used to so that kind of threw me and today is like the first sunny day in a long time so I've been like out and trying to enjoy it you know mm-hmm. yeah oh gosh 28 days of clouds is no <laughs> yeah no thanks <laughs> Yeah, that's, that sounds so awful. So it looks like you've been, um, from what I've been able to tell from online and things, working from um, home around there. And I also know that you have a family with your, um, with your wife and your kids. And just wondering what's, how, um, not having the experience myself, um, how is there, is there a balance? Can you keep a balance? How do you, and how do you do that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I like to think of balance. Somebody, somebody a long time ago said this thing to me and it made so much sense. They said, you know, when you stand on one leg and you know, it's like you're, you're trying to balance and your leg wobbles the whole time, right? There's like this constant shifting of, of, of your center so that you can stay on that one leg and not lose your balance. And I think 
that is about as perfect a balance as you can get with anything. It is never actually perfect. You're always trying to figure it out. So like today is all meetings. I have been, I was up early. I had to get the office as ready as I could for, for the string of sort of meetings and interviews. Um, I have hardly seen my family, but tomorrow I don't have a lot of work to do. So I'm going to have a lot more time to spend with everybody. And I think that's really what it comes down to is that it isn't perfect, but it, you know, but you can make it work. And it's funny because when the pandemic happened and everybody was going, oh, wow, I can get so much more done when I work from home. I had no idea. And I was like, yes, this is what I've been saying for years. There are downsides to working from home. You have to be, I think, more disciplined. Um, You have to have a space away from everybody. I mean, there's like a whole bunch of things that have to happen there. But also in between meetings or whatever I'm doing, I can go downstairs, I can prep dinner, I can take the dog for a walk, I can, you know, I can, I can say hi to somebody, I can, you know, and I think that's sort of the nice thing about working from home. So the balance for me is definitely more achievable when I work from here. Hmm. That's really interesting. I'm glad that it is that way for you because I feel like, and probably because not many people can find that balance. So that's good that it's that way for you. (laughs) As I mentioned, you recently moved. I've been following quite a bit about your going on walks with your dog, just being out and about and just Another silly question. What is the weirdest or like the strangest thing that has that you've seen or that has happened or just any of that? Well, so far I have, I think the 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 cutest thing, I can definitely tell you that that has happened. Mm-hmm. Um so we have we actually didn't move with our whole family, we moved with one of our kids and the other three are back in Ottawa. Um, and two of them still live at the house and one lives on his own, but, uh, we moved with our, uh, our non-binary kid who is 20. So I was on a walk with them and the dog and we walked down to our local coffee shop just to check it out for the first time. And, uh, they stayed outside with blue, the dog and, I went in to get us something to, to snack on. And when I came back out, there was another dog, this Cocker Spaniel with, you know, who's like a white and brown with like these little brown splotches. Mm-hmm. And he was just sitting there, sitting there tied up right next to our non-binary kid and our dog. And our dog was sitting there too. And they're both kind of panting and just kind of looking around and the dogs, I mean, and, <laughs> and, then, and our kid looks up at us and goes, so this is freckles. <laughs> so one thing is like, we live in a really dog happy neighborhood. There are dogs everywhere. I think almost everybody owns a dog, has a dog in their family. Mm-hmm. And um, so Blue's been having a great time. He's been walking around meeting everybody and meeting all these other animals. But it's just the funniest thing because people will just leave their dogs with other people and be like, can you watch my dog for a second? Like, just go do something. And I just... I love it because it's like this whole community of dog lovers. And I'm like, I have arrived. (laughs) Um, Oh, I love that so much that your kid is just like, yeah, we know this dog now. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, we had a, we, on that same walk, actually, there was this, this little kid, I, I'm, I'm assuming a little boy, and he was with his mom and his older brother. And he um, he looked at our dog and he's like, oh, wow. And he's like, can I pet your dog? And I said, sure, you can. No problem. He's so friendly. So he was petting Blue. He's like, what's his name? And I said, his name is Blue. And he's like, I love that color. It's just the cutest thing. And I'm just like, this is, you know, it's it's funny because I didn't know what to expect moving here. I had no idea. Was it, was it going to be friendly? Was it not going to be friendly? Were people going to be cold and rushed in the big city? I kind of, I don't know why I had that idea, but I sort of assumed that that might be the case. I have yet to meet someone I don't like. So far, every single person that I've met has just been delightful, honestly. And so like, I mean, I know that's not always going to be the case and I'm sort of in this honeymoon phase with this whole new city, but it is it is really great so far. I'm happy. Yeah, that's that is so good. I'm really happy for you. <laughs> also, just wanted to know, how the heck is it that you're able to own all these transphobes constantly online and be such a badass and look so freaking hot doing it (laughs) (laughs) okay I'm just I'm I'm really loving all these compliments today thank you thank you I mean I I love you so (laughs) (laughs) you're so great um my my backstory has a lot to do with bullies and um i was really badly bullied in school like i'm talking from the time i was in kindergarten or even preschool like all the way up to about ninth grade and i i just never stood up for myself and when i tried to stand up for myself i didn't do a great job at it i definitely don't blame myself but i was a pretty easy target too, I think just because of the way that I did handle things. And I had to learn a lot about standing up for myself. And a lot of that came out when our kid came out as trans in 2014. Um, This is the non-binary kid we're talking about. First came out and identified as a trans girl and then later on as non-binary. And I had to do a lot of advocating because in 2014, a lot of things were not the way they are now. And it's not that things are great now, but at least when you say you have a trans kid, people know what that means. Back then, people did not know what that meant, even a lot of people. So I had to stand up to a lot of bullies for my child. I had to be the shield for my child. And and when our story became more well known as well, and we started doing media, we started, I wrote a book, you know, and all those things happened, the transphobes really came out of the woodwork. And I've unfortunately just had a lot of practice in how to manage them. Um, and I do, it just depends on what kind of mood I'm in. Uh, sometimes I use what they say is like a teaching moment, not for them, because I don't think they're going to learn anything, but for somebody else who maybe is watching, I also like to stand up to them because um, I think it takes a lot of their power away because bullying really that's, it's just bullying. It's bullying, you know, cloaked in a lot of hate, of course, but it's bullying and, um, people think they can get away with it. So, and they do it because they want to be powerful. I think a lot of times people feel that they're not powerful. And so they just go on the internet and they're like, I'm going to be mean. And if I'm mean to somebody, there's nothing they can do. And I'm going to feel great at the end of the day, which we know does not actually work. 
but this is the mentality. And so I'm just like, no, you know what? You're not going to have my power today. And if you say something particularly creative to me, I'm going to turn it into a mug. I'm going to make a mug. I'm going to make a t-shirt. I'm going to wear this insult that you, that you have bestowed upon me, like a badge of honor. I'm going to drink from it, whatever I might do. Um, And then, you know, the other thing is they love to make fun of my selfies because the number one thing that they will go for, if you are either a woman or somebody the world perceives as a woman, which is often the case for me, I'm non-binary, but a lot of people perceive me as a woman. And um, I, I just feel like they try so hard to tear down my looks, right? Or, or my hair, it's my hair, it's my weight, it's my, I got my teeth the other day, it was my teeth. I mean, it just, it doesn't matter what it is because it, it's not real. They're just trying to pick at something. And so I go out of my way to take really empowering photos of myself or have people take them of me sometimes. And I put them out there and they do their best to tear them apart. And I think their idea is if they just keep doing it, I'm going to stop posting these pictures. I never do. I just keep posting them. I posted one today, right? Um, I looked good today and I feel good today and I feel confident and they're not ever going to take that away from me. So I don't know if that answers your question, but that's sort of how I think when it comes to the whole thing. I just, I don't let them get even an inch I will not give it to them anymore. You do not get to place your hate in my lap and go, here you go, it's yours. Nope, you, I'm going to hand that back to you. That is, that is actually yours, my friend. I get to keep my confidence. Yes, that's beautiful. <laughs> Love it so much. It took a lot of work to get there, by the way. Yeah. I want to say that too, because I think sometimes people hear me say that, they're like, oh, wow. Like, I, I don't know how you think like that. Some of it is a lot of hard work on my part. Some of it is therapy. Um, it's just a determination that, because the other way, I've been the other way. And if I go the other way, it's dark and it's scary and it's lonely. And I'm not going to do that anymore. Um, but it's not as simple as a choice. It does require some work. It took me a long time to get here. Um, and I, I just want to acknowledge that because I think sometimes people hear that and they go, well, it must be easy for you. It's not easy. It takes work. And I think that like anybody who's struggling with what people say about them, feeling low because of the things that people are saying or doing, you don't deserve that. First of all, you absolutely do not deserve any of the things that you are getting and the awful things people are saying about you. And also please remember that it's not actually about you. When people are saying those things, they're not, they're not, when they're insulting my looks, it's not about me. They're not insulting my, my looks or they're looking for a target to place their pain, to place their frustration, to place their anger, whatever, to place their trauma sometimes, whatever it is, is going on with them. So try to detach what's being said from what, from the person that you are, because you're a pretty amazing person, I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely, 100%. And, hi, you answered my next question already, so. <laughs> well, I talk a lot. I talk a lot, so you know that. That's perfect. So, um, and we're at my last question already, so this is going so well. I'm, <laughs> it's because you're so great, so. 
Well, so are you. Um, You've got great questions. Well, I mean, thank you. So, go team. This podcast that I'm doing is uh, really about the connections and conversations we can have that can crack through the the dark and the hard and the bad things that happen in this world. I really want to know what are those things and people that help you get through that that dark and feel that there's still good and there's still love and there's still light in the world. Ooh, I I'm really fortunate in the person department. I have a lot of really great people in my life. Once I learned especially to let love in and let love in in healthy ways, um, which is not something I was always good at, I created this circle uh, around me of people who are the most incredible people who make me want to be a better person. Like they, you know, so uh, I mean, everyone from my wife, Zoe, um, and Zoe and I are polyamorous. I have a wonderful partner, Danny, as well. And she has a wife, Dame, and they are all really amazing people. I have, um, I have a best friend, yeah, yeah, who I can just call and fall apart with and have many times. And they always pick me up and love me through it too. And I I just have a lot of well, my kids. Let's not forget my kids because my kids are, there's nothing that pushes me harder to, to be a better person and to um, and to, and to make it through things than my children. And they're, they give great pep talks actually. And now they're all older. They, they, they range, uh, in ages from like 16 to 26. And, um, and before people go back and go, wait a minute, you said the 20 year old moved in with you. Yes. Our 16 year old actually wants to try living, with his older sister in Ottawa in our house. So that's what they're doing right now. We're going to see if it works, but <laughs> give it a shot. But, you know, it, all of them will know if I'm, if I'm having a bit of an off day, an anxious day, whatever it might be. And they're, they're just so good. They're just kind of trying to make me laugh or smile. And it, there's so many other people that I could just go on and on. So I'm just going to say a whole group of wonderful people. And then I'm also going to say, the main thing that I do to stay happy is I have what I call micro joys. And I think they can be called like a million different things, but I just kind of named mine micro joys at one point. So a micro joy to me, a good example of that would be when I was 16, I was living at a shelter in downtown Ottawa and it was not a great place to live. I had like $12 a day and that $12 a day was for me to eat and take the bus and get to school. I had a little room and if you didn't lock the door just right, somebody would probably try and break in and steal your stuff. There were a lot of people there that were a lot older than me, a lot of adults, and they weren't always the, the most safe people to be around. And when I would get into my room, and close the door at the end of the day. And when I get home from school, I had a CD player and it was like my one favorite thing. And it wasn't the CD player. I mean, okay, this is the nineties. So let's just, just remember that too. But you know, it was, it was a CD player. My uncle gave me and 
I had exactly, it was a five disc CD changer, which was like all the rage back then, but I had two CDs. I owned exactly two. I owned uh, an Aerosmith one and a Red Hot Chili Peppers one. And every day when things were bad, I knew that I could go in there and I could turn on some music and I could just be in my safe little space and listen to music that I loved and just be me and shut the world out. And that was my joy. Listening to those two CDs, that was my joy. And so now I make a point of having these little joys throughout the day. Like I love plants, house plants, little ones. And so I call them my plant babies. And I have them in the house. There's these little plant babies. Or I love to make bagels on the weekend. And I look forward to making bagels and then sharing them with people I love, right? I give them to my partners and I give them to my children and I give them to whoever and friends. And so it's just always having something to look forward to and always taking a lot of time to appreciate those little moments because life can be really hard. Like I have a trauma disorder. I have complex PTSD. I have had it since childhood. It is a really tough disorder to live with sometimes. It can really mess with my mind. And so I have to have these tools. And if I don't have those moments of joy, things get really dark. So that's what I do. Good people, micro joys. Yes, that is so good. Oh, one question that I skipped over, but it's very important. Obviously, you're gay, you're poly. Very important thing for people to know. Who's supposed to make the coffee? <laughs> <laughs> that is a great question. Um, my wife makes us coffee in the morning because she knows that's one of my joys. She knows that when I get up in the morning and somebody hands me a fresh cup of coffee, it makes my whole day better. And so my, and my, my girlfriend has picked up on this. And so she likes to make me coffee too. And sometimes I try to beat them to the coffee machine, but I'm not usually very successful. So mm. my first cup of coffee is usually from someone I love. And honestly, it just sets the world right from the start. Yes, <laughs> I agree. A good cup of coffee from good people is just the best thing so ah so that was that was the last question so thank you for being here and just being wonderful and ah thank you so much for inviting me I I loved it and I love the questions they were so fun and gave me lots to kind of play on and think about and it was wonderful Thank you so much for joining me this time on How the Light Gets In. Until next time, please take care of yourselves. And if you can, take care of each other. <laughs>